I saw. Want people to see what we're doing. I saw that. Amen. Kids are taking selfies while we're tag team preaching. Okay. How many of you would like to get bigger results in your life? Amen. Come on. You know, just any area of your life, you, you just like to have big results. Amen. Big, big, big. You know, we like big stuff. How many know that in order to get big things done, little things have to occur? You know, uh, I, I like when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says, how, how, would we, how would we describe how the kingdom works? And can't you just, you know, if you use your mind a little bit, you can just picture them all sitting around Jesus talking to his crew and, and, and they've been asking questions and it's like, how, how, would, how would the kingdom of heaven operate? And, and you know, we think about kingdoms and we, you know, you, we think about the U.S. And, and the U.S. economy is like 73 or $730 trillion. It's huge. And huge corporations. We think about great power, great, you know, big things. And Jesus Talking about the kingdom, you know, it's a big thing. He says, how, how would it operate? Well, see, it'd be like a man who took a seed and he planted it in a garden. See, we're always thinking big things, but we overlook the little things. And sometimes it's the little things that have to occur in order for the big thing to ever have a chance. You want God to do a new thing in, in my life. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah says, uh, remember not the former thing, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I shall do a new thing. We're thinking new thing. And, and the way God works is the new thing often is just a little thing that you ain't been doing that now you can start doing so that you can get a new result that you ain't never got. You know, Jesus took the guys fishing one time after they'd fished all night, and he said, launch out and lower your nets for a haul, and they complained. You know, we've been fishing all night, and he said, well, let's, let's just do it again, only let's take the word that I just spoke and apply it to what you do every day. And they got a result that they'd never gotten before doing the same thing that they'd always done. They just added one little thing. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about little things. We're going to talk a little bit, and we're believing God for a big result. Amen. Amen. And, and uh, uh, we, we want you to know that there's a little thing that's, that's uh, available to each and every one of us that quite often we, we miss and we don't tap into it and we don't use it. And then we get little results instead of big results. And that little thing, uh, it, when you hear what we're going to talk about, you're going to say, well, that's not little. But really, it's, it'll amaze you how little it is and how huge of an impact it produces. But there's a little thing that's on each and every one of your lives. When, when God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. He had a plan for your life. God has never asked a person to do a thing he didn't empower them to succeed at. Think about that for just a minute. God has never asked anybody to do something that he didn't empower them to succeed at. And so there's this little thing that comes with uh, God's call on your life. You have an assignment for your life. You have an assignment for your life. You doing okay? Just wait there. You have an assignment for your life. You know, could you imagine going to school and you're working on an essay and, 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 you, and you, you, you just struggle, but you, you, you find pictures and you find data and you get information and you study and you, you put it together and it's pages and pages and pages long and you're so excited when you turn it in because it's the best work you've ever, 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 ever done. And when, 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 when the day comes that the teacher's handing them back out, you can't wait to get yours because you know it's just going to rock. And across the top, it says, best graphics ever, smiley face. Data was awesome. Big, bold F. Well, 
if it's the best you've ever had, it's the best you've ever seen, it's the best you've ever received, how did I get an F? Well, it's great work, wrong assignment. Some of us are living hard and strong. We're just doing the wrong assignment. And if we would just focus on the fact that God's, God doesn't do anything without a purpose, and the fact that you're here and you're, you're taking up oxygen, that may, God's got a plan for your life, a purpose for you. There's an assignment on your life. And there's something that you need to tap into to really excel at the God assignment on your life. And it's called the anointing. And you are anointed. Listen to me. You are anointed. Look at somebody and tell them, I am anointed. Now look the other way and say, I am anointed. I am anointed. Now say it with a little attitude. I am anointed. Say it really, really loud. I am anointed. Let's say it together. I am anointed. You need to get up every day and make that declaration. Not annoying. Anointed. Okay, some of you got the annoying part down. But no, I am anointed. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 16, starting at verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So here's the deal. In the Old Testament, like it says right there, the Lord said to Samuel, go, go. I have chosen one of Jesse's sons to be king. Go. So in the Old Testament, God is sending a prophet. He sends someone out to go and anoint someone. But here's the thing. We don't live in the Old Testament anymore. Shocker. Hey, we live now. We live today, the New Testament, the New Covenant. And here's the deal. In John, Jesus said, he said, I will ask of the Father that he will send someone. Hey, he sent the Holy Spirit, guys. And here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is here to anoint you. Man, he has anointed you. Last weekend, we celebrated Easter, Easter service. And, and, and to me, I feel like we should live every single day like it's Easter service. Every single day, we should have the revelation that, hey, Jesus rose again, and therefore, I am now anointed. Hey, he did what he said he was going to do. He won the victory. I'm anointed. Today, I'm anointed. Tomorrow, I'm going to be anointed. What, what, to do what? To do what I'm called to do. And here's the thing. The, the anointing, it's not some weird special halo you get. It's a different color than someone else's or a, a cloud that we walk in, but it's the promise that's written on the wall. Hey, I have a plan for you. Plan to give you hope in the future to prosper you. That's God's anointing on your life. The plan that he has for you. And here's the thing. You, you can't, you got to realize that. You have to realize that you're anointed. You got to realize, hey, I am anointed for today. God has called me to something today. Hello. Good. I think I'm good. My turn. You're good. Step yeah. back. Okay. Oh, you got it. <laughs> this sharing thing sucks. Okay. <laughs> you, 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 you have, uh, I like what, uh, I think it's first, second Corinthians in the Amplified where it says that there are special endowments of supernatural energies distinguishing certain Christians, special endowments of supernatural energy. You, you know, you don't get the anointing on your life to do what you want. You get the anointing on your life to do what God wants. And when you understand your assignment, all of a sudden you can tap into your anointing and then you'll be able to like Paul who said, I am uh, ready for everything. I have strength for all things. And when he's talking about all things, he's talking about all things that God's called him to do. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with inner strength. Through Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. 
Well, Jesus Christ, Bob Smith. No, Christ is a word that means the anointed one or the anointing. I can do anything through the anointing that is infusing me with an inner strength. There's an anointing that I can tap into, and it's sad how many Christian people don't recognize their anointing. They don't know their gift. They don't know their calling. They don't know their purpose. They don't know their assignment. They don't know their destiny, and they're just going through life. And let me tell you what living outside of the anointing will produce, frustration. And, and you, you will just be frustrated and beat up from the street up and, you, and broken and depressed and all messed up. And, and you'll be sitting around the house waiting for some dude named Sam to show up with a horn to dunk oil over your head when the Holy Spirit's already come and he's indwelling you and, and he has anointed you and you have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat every single day of your life. But you've got to understand, I am anointed. Well, I don't feel anointed. Um, any of you guys got smartphones? Hold your hand up. Who has an iPhone? A lot of iPhones. Keep, keep, keep them up. And then take it down. Is it, how many of you use AirDrop? Okay. These people here use AirDrop. Okay, you can put it down now. I'm glad you can lift your, lift your hand, by the way. You can lift, lift them both which we, we would like to see a lot more. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, but anyways. <laughs> okay, uh, airdrop, airdrop allows two people or, or, or even more, whoever you grant access to, when they get close enough, you have to, you have to be pretty close for it to work, but if you get close enough, then anything on your device that you give them access to, they can have anything that you got. But you have, to, you, have to, you have to stay close in order for it to work. It's how the anointing works. That if you get close to God, anything he's got, he'll give you access to. Anything on him, you can have on you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is now quickening your mortal body. But you just have to stay close to God. And a lot of people struggle, and they end up without having the ability to humiliate hell. Why? Well, because they've wandered far from God. They, they, they've moved too far, and all of a sudden, they're, they're out of the range for their anointing to operate. And what you have to do is press back in and get close to God. Man, you, you're all tempted and persuaded to get close to all kinds of junk, but what you have to do is you have to say, you know what, I'm going to stay in relationship with God every day. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to church on the weekend for crying out loud. What a miserable life. I was raised in church. I, I love our church, but I, if this was all there was to, to the Christian experience, if this was it, dude, there's a lot more going on than what's happening in the hour and 20 minutes here. Notice I said hour and 20, because normally it's an hour and 15, but I gave myself five extra. Okay, because we tag team it. Okay, verse 2, Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he's going to kill me. And the Lord said, well, take a heifer. So apparently that's the solution to every time somebody's going to kill you, take a heifer. And say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. And Samuel did what the Lord said. If you don't have a verse for this week, memorize that one. 
And Samuel did what the Lord said. If you just do that for a while, you, you know, just a couple of weeks, you'd be successful. Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, do you come in peace? And he said, yeah, come in peace. Look at my heifer. And consecrate yourselves. Come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. And he thought, well, surely this is the one. Look at him. He stands here before the Lord. And the Lord spoke. Samuel said, don't even consider his appearance or his height, I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass, and, and he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. And then comes Shammah, and Shammah wasn't the dude either. And verse 10, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel finally said to him, is this all you've got? And uh, verse 11, uh, it said that he said, there's still the young one, and he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down till he arrives. And I just want to tell you something that this, to me, this represents a standing invitation from God for you to show up. If you'll just show up. And he said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to be here till he arrives. So they sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health, had fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. Just want to say this, that often... You know, what you thought of as an afterthought was what God was thinking of all along. It, sometimes God's plan A is our last thought, and we want to be careful with that. So here's what we did. We came up. Is that on? I think he muted it. Now it's on. Here's what we did. We came up with three points. And so point number one, I want you guys to write this down, is just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. Now, here's the deal. David comes in, and all of his brothers have been consecrated by the priest. I mean, hey, this is a big deal. And, and I can imagine coming in. I, 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 I've been that where I come in, and I see that my dad got all my brothers something really cool, but not me. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? Where's mine? What? <laughs> Hello? I was out back doing what I was supposed to be doing, and they got rewarded. Where's mine? And, and here's the deal, it allows, the, it allows deception to set in. Oh, I guess I'm not good enough. Oh, I guess I'm not valuable to him. Hey, I guess what I do, I guess who I am doesn't mean anything to God. Why? Because I'm not being seen. Everybody else is being seen. They're all being recognized. People are getting promotions. People are getting uh, set higher. And, and where am I? I'm not visible. That doesn't mean you're not valuable. Because here's the thing, the, 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 the brothers were consecrated, but David was set apart. God had a special plan for David. Man, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, I mean, he was hidden. That's the thing, God had hidden David. And, and I think about a lot of times, like a lot of my personal belongings, a lot of the stuff that I keep uh, dear to my heart, like hair products and, and colognes and, and, and stuff like that. I think about in my life, I'm not just leaving them out on the counter. I'm not just going to leave them out and, and use them and then set them on the, on the kitchen or the bathroom counter and just walk off. Why? Because I know people are going to come up and say, wow, that smells really good. And they're going to just overload on my cologne. Overload. And then I have none. But, so what do I do? I take it and I hide it. 
I don't forget about it. Why? Because I'm going to use it. I don't forget about it, but I put it in a, in a special place. I put it somewhere where I know exactly where it's at. You guys, David was not forgotten, but he was hidden. The things that are really valuable to you, you don't hide them. Or you, you don't leave them out. You, you hide them. You keep them sacred. You keep them in a special spot. Man, and, and, and it all just comes back to walking close with God. That's what it comes down to. You know, in the growth track, we talk about taking the next step. All we want to do is get people to take the next step. And that's all God's wanting you guys to do. That's how you get close with God and, and you walk in your anointing. You just take the next step. Whatever it may be, you take that next step. And what, and, and what that allows God to do is it allows him to put distance in between you and your past. And you just keep walking closer with God one step at a time. But here's the deal. If, if David was, was to allow that deception into his heart and say, hey, I'm not valuable, then what does that do? That doesn't allow God to put distance between your past, but that allows Satan to put distance between you and God. That allows him to put distance in between Good. you and your destiny, in between you and what God has, what God has set aside for you. It's all that comes down to deception. And you got to know the promise. you got to know that. Hey, I have a plan. Hey, I know God has something specific for me. Hey, I may, not be I may not be visible right now. I may not be out in the open. I may not be getting exactly what I think I should have. But guess what? God has a plan for me. I'm set apart. Hebrews, God's telling Moses, he said, hey, I have a chosen generation. I have set them apart. That's us. Man, that's God saying, hey, you are my chosen generation. A special people, a treasure. He says, you are a treasure. He's not going to leave it out there just for anybody and anybody, to, anybody and everybody to come along and, and grab what they want and, and mess around with it. No, he's hidden it. Man, he's, he, he has, a, so the Bible says, take the word and hide it deep within your heart. Mm. Why? Because it's a treasure. Man, a lot of times we, we feel like we're forgotten, but we're not. Man, we're hidden. And, and the deal is, is that if you don't understand your value, you'll miss out on your anointing. You, you know, you, you need to realize that, hey, I... I might not be out front. Not everybody's, you know, when, when you understand your anointing, that don't mean you're going to get to come stand on the platform. You know, uh, you, you might still be, in your mind, invisible. But I, I got to tell you something that, uh, you know, we, we're up here, we're on the platform, we got the microphones, but there are people in the back who are controlling the board, not so visible, but without them, we, you know, we're not going to be heard. Right, and so we got we got people on the computers, and they're putting the words up and the scriptures up, and they're helping. And we got we got ushers who are ushing, and they're 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 helping out. And we got info people who are infoing, and we got greeters who are greeting, and we got parking lot guys. And it might not all be visible, but it's all insanely valuable. You know, just because you just because you're not seen, and if you let the enemy uh, deceive you into thinking, well, if I'm not seen, I must not have that much value. I'm telling you, some of the most valuable things that you have aren't all that visible. When was the last time you took a really good look at your liver? Never. Okay, but if you take your liver out and separate it, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not valuable to the body, and it separates. What's going to happen? Well, the body's going to die. So is the liver. And if the enemy can, he'll separate you out of where you, where God's called you to be. You have an assignment. Well, I want to do what you do, or or what they do, or what he does. Well, no, you want to do what God's called you to do. 
because that's where your anointing is at, and, and that's where your value is at, and, and, and you, know, you want to tap into that. Well, yeah, but I, I feel forgotten, and this is our second point. We want you to write it down. You may feel forgotten, but you must know that you've been saved for something special. You've been saved for something special. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. So when he saved you, when he redeemed you, there's a redemptive calling on your life. That's why we want to get you to participate in the growth track. You know, matter of fact, today is we got two of them at the same time, you know, uh, 301 and 401. And, and you get to discover your God-given gift. And I'm telling you, I've, I've been in this thing for a while. I've been, a lot, I've been in hundreds of churches. And it's amazing how few Christians have any clue what their gifts are. Well, how could you possibly tap into your anointing if you don't know what you've been anointed for? So you need to, you need to realize that, hey, I, I'm not forgotten. God hasn't forgotten me. David's out there. He pro- and I'm telling you, he's a human guy. And read the story of David. This dude's real human. Okay? And he's, he's, he's going to have the mind storms just like everybody else. But just imagine all those seven brothers, and they're all going off, and they've been consecrated, and they're talking it up, and, and, and we're, we're going to go stand before the prophet. You go back out and go to work. And just think how, how forgotten he must have felt. No, he's been saved for something special. You know, there was a time uh, when we were in Tulsa and we were vis- visiting TJ and, and uh, we, we went to a pretty nice uh, bunch of stores while we were down there and do a little shopping and, and uh, went into the Cole Hahn store and we found these shoes. And I'm telling you, man, these shoes were awesome. They were, they were like bad to the bone. And, and I stepped up and bought them for Stephen because they didn't have my size, but I bought them, I bought, I bought, you know what I'm saying. And, uh, uh, but, but I bought him these shoes and then we, we went for ever and he just never wore them and I'm thinking don't you like those shoes you know that's the thought that comes to my mind you know man it's too bad you don't like those shoes and but it's not that I don't like them what was it I was saving them and they look good they do he's wearing show them your shoes oh yeah baby (laughs) yeah those are bad to the bone okay saving them for something Special. Drop down to verse 19. 1 Samuel 16, 19. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse, and he said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Wait a minute. No, he, he's been anointed. Isn't he riding on a float? Isn't he like the, the, the grand marshal in a parade somewhere? Where's the after party? It's out in the middle of the sheep pasture, and he's shoveling the stuff. He goes right back to where he was at before. After he's anointed, after he's been to church and had that great meeting, after he got hyped up and filled up, he's back in the sheep stuff. Which leads into our third point. I want you guys to write this down. Just because you have a new anointing, it doesn't always mean a new assignment. Just because you have a new anointing doesn't always mean you have a new assignment. And I want to go back into 16, verse 11. I want to kind of set this up for you guys. Give him a second. I I got it right here. It says, so we asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Samuel says, hey, okay, Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And Jesse says, they're still the youngest, 
Jesse answered, but he, but he is out tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Next verse. So he sent and he had him brought in. He was a ruddy with a fine appearance and a handsome features. I felt like he was describing me when I read this. And my middle name is David, by the way. Uh, and then it said, then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. You say Ramah. He went to Bible school. So, so picture this. Okay, David comes in. He says, all right, I'm here. And, and boom, he gets anointed to be the next king. And so they take this, this horn of oil and they pour it all over his head. And, they, and it's this huge deal. And then they leave. And David's standing there dripping with oil. Now what? I'm, I picture it being hot. Flies are buzzing around his head. He's just like, what do I do now? Do I go and, and go and try and, and go sit down on the king's throne? Hey, I'm the new king. Do I take his crown? Do I start taking some money from him? Because, hey, I'm the next king. Do I, do I go out and make this happen? No, you don't. Just because he had a new anointing doesn't mean he had a new assignment. He went back to what he knew he was supposed to do. And here's the thing. I think a lot of us get to the spot when we have something new, we, we don't know what to do. You just got to do what you know to do. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. He went back. He went back to tending the sheep. The same old stuff he'd been doing for years. The same old job that nobody's really recognizing him. Nobody's really noticing him. He went back to being hidden. He went back to not being visible. Why? Because he knew God had a plan for him. Man, he trusted God. And I think a lot of times we get this new anointing. We're like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready now. Now what? And one, we either go out and we try and make something happen and then call it a God thing. When in reality, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. So we go out and we try and make this thing happen, but guess what, guys? It's the wrong thing. You're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Or we stand around waiting for God to do something else, waiting for God to bring my chariot. I'm waiting, God. You've anointed me. Where's my stuff? And we don't do anything. But, guys, it's all on us. Man, Jesus died and rose again. He did his part. He did everything that he's going to do. Now it's our job to catch up to it. You guys, when you don't know what to do, you just got to do what you know to do. He went back. And why did he go back? Well, because God still had to work in him. Man, from that time, from the time he was anointed to be king to the time where he, he, he killed Goliath, it's about four years. Look, look, look into it. It's like four years. Man, he went back to four years of picking up sheep crap, moving them back and forth. From this pasture to that pasture. Why? Because he still had tests and trials that he had to go through. He still had to kill the bear and the lion. He still had to prove himself. You guys, he had to do it. It was his job to make sure that he was getting prepared. To make sure he was allowing God to, to mold him and form him. Allowing God to put him back into training. It was his job. You guys, you have this anointing, but now it's your job to make sure that you're ready for it. To make sure you're going through the training. To make sure you're letting God develop you guys into this anointing, into this new promise that he has for you guys. You can't sit back. You can't say, God, I'm waiting for you. 
I'm going to stand here and do nothing. Be still. Know that he's God. I'm going to do that. No. You can't do that. Man, you got to start taking your steps. And that's what David did. One step at a time, he, started, he took care of a bear. And then he took care of a lion. And then guess what? He took care of Goliath. And that set him up. God said, now's the time. Hey, look at this. Now you're going to be lifted up. In due time, I will, I will uh, what does it say? In due time, I will esteem you. I will, I will raise you guys up. You guys, you got you the wrong thing at the, uh, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. You got to go. You got you to go back to the pasture. Go back to doing what you know to do and allow God to start developing you. You, you got you to understand, how, how could God increase your anointing for something that you're trying to escape from? You, you know, a lot, a lot of us, you know, we'll make statements like, well, you know, I just can't handle it anymore. Exactly. Now you can do it under the anointing. And what you, what you couldn't succeed at before, you can now because God is going to infuse you with the power to do it. But he, he's not going to give you the power to run from it. He's going to give you the power to run through it. You know, through, through God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You know, I can face my challenges and come out on top. I can be the winner that God's called me to be. I don't have to be the whiner that I want to be. You know, well, yeah, it would be a lot easier if, if we had, you know, what you got. Or, or, you know, I wish I had a wife like yours. Well, you don't. You have a wife like you chose. Now, tap into the anointing and deal with it. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, that was for you. You know, uh, it, it, I'll be a better parent once the get, kids get past this stage in life. No, you won't. If you'll tap into the anointing that God has for you right where you are, you can develop and be a better parent right now. You, you can be more successful. You can have greater control. Listen, you're not going to succeed in college if you don't study during junior high. You know, right where you are, just tap into the anointing and begin to allow God to empower you to win where you are. Don't expect God to translate you. Well, I want God to pick me up and, 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 and set me out of this place and put me in a different place like a white sandy beach under, under one of them big cabana things, drinking a drink with an umbrella sticking out of it. That's called vacation. But we're talking about life, everyday life. You know, God has delivered you out of the hand of your enemies. The word delivered does not mean translated. The word delivered means equipped to fight and win. God has given you the power, the ability, the strength to win right where you are. It's just a little thing, just a little thing. Just realize, okay, get, get it in your mind. I am valuable. Uh, I'm valuable to God. I've, I've not been hidden. He's saving me for something special. For something special. And I, I, don't, I don't have to have a new assignment. I need to tap into a fresh anointing so I can accomplish my assignment right now. You know, uh, we've known Carter's been hanging around with Keith Lene 23 years. You know what we've been doing for 23 years? The same thing. Just keep doing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. We tap into new anointings, just keep doing the same thing, preaching the same. I, you know what I feel like? I feel like I come out and preach the same message just from a different standpoint every week. People say, how long do you study, how long do you study for a message? A lifetime. You know, I, I just do life with you guys. And, and you know, what, what, what I'm hearing from God, that, it ain't long till you're hearing from God too because I'm telling you what God said. 
And we just keep doing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. Hopefully we get better at what we do. Hopefully, you know, diligence increases and, and, you know, and wisdom increases. But we're just doing the same things. Guys, just keep doing. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to keep doing what you've been doing. But do it under the anointing. I mean, just get up every day. I am anointed. I am valuable to God. I've not been forgotten. I've been saved. Saved for something special. I don't need a new assignment. I just need fresh anointing on my life. And I will demonstrate Satan's defeat. Amen. Come on, give God one more hand this morning. Thank him. Father, we praise you.